Welcome to Making Our Way Forward, a podcast where we share compelling life stories and learn from the experience of everyday entrepreneurs. At NACI, we celebrate diversity and invite you to join the conversation as we talk to entrepreneurs and leaders from all walks of life. We hope that by telling their stories, we bring you inspiration, empower you to take action, and ignite entrepreneurship in your community. Welcome to Making Our Way Forward podcast. We're excited to share that this is our last podcast for the year of 2021. Wow, this was our pandemic project and we knocked it out of the park. We just celebrated our 2500 download and we've published more than 50 episodes and we're going strong. So thank you to all our listeners and subscribers from around uh, the United States and around the world for, for joining these conversations. Today, we are joined by Mary Churchill, who is a uh, fellow higher ed professional, and she's a writer, and she's somebody who's thinking about what 2022 is going to look like for her. So we're going to share some ideas on what it might look like for you. So let's jump in. And Mary, would you share with us a little bit about who you are and your background? And then we want to begin the first part of our conversation talking about writing. Thanks, Becky, and it's great to be here. Uh, a little about myself. Well, I currently am Associate Dean and Faculty Member at the Wheelock College of Education and Human Development at Boston University. And Wheelock College is Boston University's newest college. It was established in 2018 after the merger of Wheelock College into BU. And I was the provost at Wheelock College and helped lead that merger. Um, and earlier this year, we had uh, we, my former president, who is now my dean, and I published a book, When Colleges Close, Leadership at a Time of Crisis. And that came out, Johns Hopkins University Press, April 2019. It's been an amazing year. And so um, that's what I'm doing right now. Earlier this year, I took a public service leave from my position at BU to serve as Chief of Policy and Planning for Mayor Kim Janey in the city of Boston. So that took up a big part of my year. And so I started in higher ed, went into City Hall, and now I'm back in higher ed. So lots of big moves this year, but it's been a blast. Yeah, I enjoyed you being with us, Mary, at our Future Building Summit, which was in Minneapolis. Hard to believe it was only nine weeks ago. It seems like it was, it was months and months ago. But at that time, uh, it was early October, we were talking about, you know, the future and you were sharing with our audience that, you know, you had taken that, that leave and had sort of that exciting experience. So it sounds like processing that you're, you're jumping um, back into writing. And I know writing is a very disciplined activity. I know you're an early riser. I see a lot of your posts <laughs> super early before many people have even gotten out of bed. But I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about your practice of, of writing and some resources. We may have people listening that have never written a book or an article, but they might be thinking that they might want to um, make this one of their uh, you know goals for 2022. So I love writing and I um, was a reluctant writer. And when I was an undergraduate, I would actually search for courses. I went to Michigan State. 
And I would search for courses that were in very large classrooms. So I would be almost guaranteed that there wouldn't be any writing assignments. So I have come a long way from my reluctant days um, and writing my dissertation on comic book reading in when I was in graduate school. And so the daily habit is something I picked up in the last 10 years. In 2010, I launched a blog, um, University of Venus, and it was an independent blog that was picked up by Inside Higher Ed and has been found a home there early on in 2010 and has been there ever since. Um, and so that is, is a wonderful communal, collective, collaborative writing space for women all over the world in higher ed. And so it's a space I can return to when I am writing active, and which I am right now. Um, but the daily morning practice really comes out of um, something called morning papers. And some people do that by hand. They do three pages. I do it online and I do it at a website. It's called 750words.com. And that's approximately three pages typed. And I usually do that very early in the morning and try to check in online on Twitter with the hashtag 5am writers club, um, where a lot of writers also check in at the same time and kind of keep one another account, hold one another accountable for a writing habit, but also form a community to support one another as we hit different milestones, whether those are books or articles or blog posts or poems. Um, and 750words.com is, is a really great low-key tool. Uh, you're rewarded with badges when you hit certain multi-day streaks. Right now, I'm on a 64-day streak, which feels really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think my longest streak was maybe almost two years straight of every day. So yes, <laughs> when I was working on creating the content for the book that was just uh, published earlier this year. And so that to me is the way I start the day. And it's really a way to center myself, to reflect on the prior day and plan for the coming day. It's also a space where I have seeds of blog posts or uh, future longer pieces that I'll write. If I have a kind of flash of an idea, I'll capture it there. And then I will move it into a Google Doc document and expand on it and edit it and kind of work it until I feel like I want to. Yeah, there's, there's a lot there that people could learn from. And if, if 750 words scares a person, maybe start with 50 words or, or start with 100 words or one time, a long time ago, I was, I was challenged by somebody to write my own autobiography in seven words, which is really hard. Sometimes it's harder to write fewer than more. But I think, you know, that what it is, is it, it, it sort of drives that, that reflection, right? And, and that's kind of the time of the year that we're in. But one piece I wanted to pick up on is the accountability piece. I, I was listening to somebody else speaking about, you know, um, like exercise and other things that we all probably need to do more of, but having sort of stating publicly, this is important to me. And then having people in your life, in your community that are going to um, steer you on, tell us about some of the people in your orbit that, that you feel are good accountability people and how do they do that? If some of us are trying maybe to do that for other people, what would that look like? 
I think that there are many ways to do that. There are writing coaches. So some people I know will hire a writing coach to help them meet their accountability, meet their um, word goals or uh, productivity goals. There are writing groups where writers take turns checking in and uh, presenting their work to one another, sharing their work. And then this loose structure, that 5 a.m. Writers Club is is somewhat like that. Um, sometimes we will also meet on Zoom and share one, share work with one another. I personally like co-authoring publications, because especially a longer book project. My book was written with David Chard, um, and I am working on another book project right now with uh, Rebecca Pope-Ruark, who is finishing up a book on faculty burnout. She and I are working on a book project on women coaching women in higher ed and that rising phenomenon and what's, go- what's going on there, really kind of women training one another to do effective uh, labor in higher ed. And that's exciting. And being held accountable to one another keeps us on track. Right. It motivates us to do the work and, and keep going. Um, I'm also I as I mentioned, I was recently in City Hall and I'm trying to figure out how I want to write up that experience. It's not an academic book. It's more a memoir of sorts or something like that. And I have found a group that is led by someone at the Kennedy School at Harvard. It's a women's writers group that checks in every four to six weeks, and I meet with them for the first time this Friday, and I'm hoping that they can help me shape and figure out what I want to say in that space and hold me accountable. So for me, it's, it's a multitude of methods. So. That's really stretching. I mean, like you think about anyone who's taken yoga, like you get yourself into these situations that seem ridiculous, I guess, if somebody were to look, look at us doing this, but I love that idea of taking experiences, particularly ones that, you know, maybe didn't go as we had planned. So, you know, just for people that may not be familiar with your story, we're going to publish an excerpt um, later as a, as a bonus edition on our 2022 podcast from the Future Building Summit. But in a bit of a nutshell, you took a chunk of your life and you got behind this amazing woman who um, was running as the Democratic um, candidate for mayor. And, and it didn't go exactly as you had planned. And what I was thinking about with your story is how oh, that makes it a much richer story because it shows the kind of the hero's journey in a way that it's the end result is not as important as I think what we try to model for each other and for our students and for our children is that sometimes you just got to put yourself out there. And, and that's where I think champions come from ultimately, because you really don't know what the end game is going to be. I had shared with you, I had applied uh, along with my staff for this big grant and had sort of led to believe, you know, we were, the top contender. And I sort of built my thinking for 2022 around this opportunity, which didn't end up coming to fruition. But what it opened up is the fact that maybe we were steering slightly off course. And I would love for you to talk about the story that you shared with me about the women's coaching, um, your colleague and friend from IBM about how she leads this, because I think it's a good reminder for all of us that maybe set audacious goals and it doesn't work out as planned, um, how that opens up opportunity. 
definitely Brandy Simula and her Flourish workshop, which is an annual planning uh, workshop. And I do want to say, Becky, that this is in recent years, this is the second um, life changing experience that I walked into. Uh, the closure of Wheelock College was the one right before that of you know, I could have left when I found out we were going to merge with BU, but there's one of my top values is curiosity. And I thought, well, I've never closed a university or college before and merged with another one. So maybe I'll see what this is like. <laughs> and so um, I, I do have a positive attitude, but I also am very curious. And so there was a curiosity with going to City Hall to a certain bravery, but also I've never done this before. I would love to learn and grow through this experience. So I think you're right that the doing of the experience is is so important and being open to learning and growing, um, even if it doesn't turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out. So yeah, so last year at this time, last December, I was getting ready to plan for 2021 in um, Brandy Simula's uh, Flourish Workshop. And I created 13 really big goals. I put them on a big piece of paper. I hung them on my home office because I was still working from home at that point on the wall. And I could see them every day. And then uh, January, mid-January, um, my my dear friend, Kim Janey, came to my house and said, uh, I'm going to City Hall uh, to be acting mayor. Can Can you come with me? And, and I said, yes. And so those 13 goals, I had to quickly figure out, okay, which one of these do I, have I committed so far that I have to finish it? Which ones can I put to next year? Which ones can I put on hold? And, and really had to look at each one individually and figure out how to address them. But um, feeling really good about everything I accomplished this year. And I don't think next year is going to be this amazing pivot that this year was. So maybe when I set my goals at the Flourish Workshop, I might actually be able to achieve all of those. So I'm excited about it though. You should be. And I, I think that's why you and I clicked so, so much early on is it is sort of that act of pivoting when you have sort of this, you know, bluebird, or we sometimes call bird in hand opportunity, which is something that you probably never even had thought about. But it was so interesting and so fascinating. And I think once you take the leap, you know, into the pool as it is, you know, the next time, who knows when that would be, might be three years, five years down the road. I think you build this sense of self-confidence that, you know, why not? Right. Um, that's how I got into writing books. I had never written one before. And now that we've finished our, our third book, I think, oh, I want to take a break from that because I'm not like you are. Like, I, I want to pivot and, and learn something different. So I've been taking trips to D.C. and trying to learn um, more about policymaking and learning how can I be a better advocate for um, community college, uh, you know, uh, not only entrepreneurship, but really growth mindset and equity, inclusion, and diversity is, has become really, really important to me personally and professionally. So I think that's the, the journey that we're on. And we're, as people are listening to this conversation and sort of maybe reflecting on your life, how, where can they go, Mary, to learn more about your books and, and your work, uh, you know, and maybe connect with some of the, the resources that you have? Oh, 
several places. <laughs> so, so I do maryllchurchill.com is, is my website. Uh, a lot of the, the things I've mentioned are there. Um, my book, uh, When Colleges Close, can be found at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Johns Hopkins. The blog, uh, my main blog is at uh, Inside Higher Ed, and it's uh, University of Venus. I also have a blog at Medium. Um, I'm writing on Medium for pieces that don't quite make sense in the higher ed market. Um, but I do, I, I want to reflect a little on what you've just said, Becky, around once you take one leap, and that's what they are, they're leaps, right? Um, and you know you can do it, you're, you're, it's like you're in a larger world, right? You know, ah, that's it, right. It's a bigger space and there are more possibilities. And while I never would have thought about going into government, I now, it's been demystified for me. Um, and I see so much more the value and I would not be afraid to partner with and work with folks at the municipal, state, or federal level um, in government because the folks I encountered in City Hall in Boston were some of the smartest, hardest working people I have ever worked with. And so um, that was that was life changing for me. Yeah, it restores your faith, you know, and I, I'm like you, I'm a very optimistic person, but you know, I think the last couple of years have challenged even the most optimistic person not to get disheartened. And, you know, sometimes people lumping everyone into one group, you know, or labeling them, you know, they're this or they're that. And I've had a really similar experience as well. Um, even oddly, not in my professional life, but we adopted a little puppy who's not so little anymore, who needs a lot of walking. And, so I walk in a neighborhood and I walk and part of it is sort of a wooded environment. And what I love about it is nobody knows who I am. They're, I'm just like this lady that walks this dog. And so there's a lot of older people, you know, that are walking and you kind of have these conversations with people and pre and post election, it was really interesting because you'd see people on either side. And, you know, I of course had my own opinions, but, you know, people would share them with me, either they were you know, positive or and I thought, you know, it's funny when you are at your sort of base humanity, who you are, that that ultimately we're all connected, whether we like it or not, like whether we agree or we don't agree. And, and I agree with you 100% that I'm very heartened by so there are so many more good people that are trying to do good things and trying to make the world a better place. And I think that is a beautiful and perfect way to end this podcast, which ends uh, our year. I'm so grateful for your friendship. I got to know you through a colleague. Um, you and I finally got a chance to meet in person for the first time. And I'm just celebrating you and celebrating your work. But I would just like to invite you to get, you know, maybe have the last word and talk about what you're hopeful for in 2022 or what you're grateful for, um, you know, right now. I, you know, I think that most people are saying they're grateful for health, right? Those who have health, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, you don't think about it until it's it's drawn it's it's drawn to your attention in such a stark way as it has been the last two years. So the health, my health, the health of my family and and my friends and my loved ones. Um, I'm grateful for small things that I hadn't really thought of before COVID. Um, just spending time with folks. 
And so what I'm looking forward to, uh, I am, I'm looking forward to, um, building new things, building the future, working collaboratively to build the future and, and really grateful for your friendship as well. Um, you're an entrepreneurial, exciting, positive, optimistic person. And I, I'm excited that you'll be coming to Boston next year and we'll be doing some more work together. Um, that'll be fun. So yeah, building new things is, is really what excites me and keeps me going and um, gives me hope for the future. I would also say um, being in higher ed, I'm constantly surrounded by young people and their optimism and hope, uh, the future generation, it always renews me. It's just a, a wonderful space to be in. So. That's nice. Thank you so much, Mary, and, and Happy New Year. And I look forward to seeing you in 2022. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that listening to this podcast will help you to explore the many ways we might define entrepreneurship. Join us every other Wednesday for more episodes as we celebrate opportunity, learn from one another, and grow together. Subscribe to this podcast, connect with us on social media, and learn more about today's speakers at nacy.com forward slash podcast. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard about our latest book, Impact Ed? How Community College Entrepreneurship Creates Equity and Prosperity? This is our roadmap for building back better in 50 states and globally. In each chapter, we share the inspiring stories of everyday entrepreneurs and explain how community colleges play a crucial role in their success. Visit us at nacy.com slash impact ed to order your copy now and join us in this work. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www dot nacyplaybook dot com